Hello, everyone, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams, and today we are talking about college football week one. It is finally here. We had week zero last week, which is a little bit of an appetizer for the full entree that we are getting this week. And I wanted to talk about this is going to be a gambling centric podcast. I've mentioned gambling in the past on this podcast. I like to place a wager here and there, and we're just going to basically have a full solo podcast today, me going through uh, this new gimmick that I'm going to try. We'll see how it works. We'll see how people like it. It's going to be called $100 bets. We will be placing $100 of wagers each week on college football. See how it goes. The whole goal is to end up on top, get plus money each week. Uh, This week, I have nine wagers, I think that we are going to go through, and some weeks it might be six, some weeks it might be more. We'll kind of see how it is. Sometimes we might spread the money out to higher favorites. I have about the money kind of equal on all these, even though a lot of them are different. So we'll see how that goes. It's been about two weeks since I've done a podcast. I just got a puppy, so I didn't necessarily want to do any more previews with him. I wanted to do win totals, wasn't able to do that. I had all of them written down, thought I could maybe kind of like wing it, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to do more something in depth and I really didn't want to like half ass that. So here we are. Uh, so this is kind of what our appetizer for our, our preview for week one. I'm going to be going through a lot of games here, maybe like, I don't know, 10 to 15, I think is what we're at the range for. So I wanted to start out here, talk about games that I thought were interesting, thought that I maybe wanted to place a wager on, but I decided to stay away because I was just unsure. So we're entering week one here, and this is where it's really weird when we're talking about wagers right now, because the system really doesn't know the gambling systems out there, the algorithms. They really don't know a lot of these teams. They don't know how these new systems are going to work for certain schools. They don't know how um, a lot of these transfers are going to work out. So a lot of this stuff is based on previous year's data, and, and some of it, too, is just about like program prestige. So I don't really know what to make about it. We're going to try and like uh, a few bets that I have in here are trying to predict where the system maybe got some things wrong. But I wanted to start out here, talk about what how many games do I have? I have four games here that I thought about wagering on um, that also are games that people are going to have their eyeballs on for the most part coming up this weekend. And the very first game is a game that is going to be happening tonight. It is Florida traveling to Utah is a rematch of the game last year. Remember where Anthony Richardson shocked Utah, shocked the world, pulled off an upset in Gainesville, one by three points, and everyone thought Anthony Richardson was going to be a Heisman candidate, maybe take Florida to new heights that they haven't seen in a very long time. And he, I mean, he did become a top five draft pick, but we thought maybe, hey, maybe this guy could be the number one pick in the draft. This year, a little bit different. The spread for this game was like over a touchdown for a while. And then over the last few weeks, we found out that um, Cam Rising might not play. And reporters would ask Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of Utah, hey, is Cam Rising going to play? Is he going to be the starter for week one? He was like, I'm not telling you. And then it finally came out yesterday that Cam Rising is not starting. And that is very, very big news for the betting line here. Because people that have followed this Utah program over the last two seasons know that this is a completely different team when Cam Rising does not play. So a lot of people are putting money on Florida. The line shifted down to at least, I think I saw some places have it around three. It was four and a half yesterday. I just checked before this recording. It's now up to five after Cam Rising comes out. So maybe some smart people are saying, hey. Utah, they have a lot of talent on their defense. This is a well-oiled machine of a program. They have a lot of experienced offensive linemen. They have running backs. The backup basically can kind of game manage, hand the ball off. They can be more of a uh, clock control team this game. Florida, a lot of question marks on Florida. Graham Mertz, I had Brandon Olson on, locked on Gators. I had Ryan Herrings on, locked on Badgers. They're both pretty high on Graham Mertz saying, hey, at Wisconsin, was kind of a fish out of water, was in a bad situation, was not set up to succeed there. I kind of want to wait to see it at Florida. And sometimes, too, when people are saying, especially in college football, they're like, well, you know, maybe you can just be a game manager. That's a red flag by me. I don't want my quarterback in college to be a game manager. I want them to be a baller. So that concerns me there. Again, Florida, even though they didn't necessarily have 
like nine, 10 wins last year. There's still a whole lot of talent on this team. They have a new defensive coordinator who is 29 years old. Is he going to be flustered in a game, a huge game on the road? Is he going to have some growing pains getting into college football? I'm really not sure what to make about this game on either side because I don't want to bet Florida and then be like, oh, of course, of course, Utah, they're at home. They have all this talent over the place. Kyle Whittingham and their coaching staff is very smart. Of course, they won this game. And I don't want to bet Utah and go like, oh, of course, Florida's incredibly talented. Graham Mertz looks a lot better in this system. They were able to stymie this offense without Cam Rising. So that's basically why I stayed away from that game and why we are not going to bet it. And we are just going to watch and enjoy tonight. Other game that I really wanted to bet, I was very, very close to having this on the $100 picks uh, series. Northwestern versus Rutgers. Rutgers favored by six and a half points. This is one of the things when you, because I read a lot, a lot, a lot of previews this week about a lot of different games where you read some stuff and you're reading about Northwestern. And because I think I've famously said on this podcast that Northwestern has not won a game in the United States since October 2021. That is a long time ago. The only game they won last year was in Dublin against Nebraska. And if you remember that game, week zero game, Nebraska was dominating that game in the first half. Then Scott Frost basically gives Northwestern the momentum, starts off the second half with an onside kick. Northwestern recovers. They go and score a touchdown, I believe, right away after that. They steal the momentum and they win the game. So if Scott Frost basically just would have went to like an Irish pub for the second half of that game and let Mickey Joseph coach the second half, Nebraska probably wins that game with just a competent head coach. So Northwestern could very well have been a winless team last year. But you read a lot of the previews of this and they're like, hey, Northwestern, they improved a lot of places. This is going to be a better roster than it was last year. Expect them to not be just a one-win team. They're going against this Rutgers team that wasn't that good either. Their offense was terrible last year for Rutgers, and their defense was also maybe not the best. I was going to do a Rutgers podcast at one point. Uh, The guy, our scheduling kind of couldn't really line up. The guy canceled on me. So I did a little bit of Rutgers prep, and it's weird sometimes where people are like, you read these previews, and they're like, well, Northwestern could have improved in a lot of these spots. And then you read the stuff about Rutgers and they're like, well, Rutgers didn't improve. And it's like, well, wait, why do you think Northwestern can improve, but Rutgers can't? So I just read enough articles that were saying, hey, Northwestern can cover that spread. This is a smart bet to hit Northwestern plus six and a half. That is why I am staying away. And I really don't want to risk any money on just because of Rutgers. I kind of thought, hey, Greg Schiano, fourth year in this system, if they improve that offense, Shiano's a defensive coach, so they should be able to kind of uh, limit what Northwestern can do. A touchdown is quite of a lot to cover the spread against a, with a team like Rutgers that we're not that sure about their offense, so that's why we're staying away from that game. This is a game I think a lot of people are going to bet, and again, I might be stupid for not having this in the $100 bets, but Michigan versus Eastern Carolina, minus 36. Michigan, I kind of found this surprising last year when I was going through their schedule they did destroy about every team out of conference last year that they played but the Big Ten does not have a lot of good teams there's a lot of the bottom of the Big Ten is kind of bad and Michigan State or excuse me Michigan did not like blow out any team by like 36 plus last year in the Big Ten schedule now out of conference different story you could say hey Michigan has one of the most talented rosters in the country they're a little peed off because Jim Harbaugh and the suspension and all that stuff. Uh, coach, these assistant coaches who are going to be the interim head coaches for this game, they kind of want to prove something. They kind of want to show off. Maybe they want to put a middle finger up to the NCAA and really just you know rub it in the face of ECU. Thirty six points is a lot to cover, though. I could you could potentially see like a backdoor cover in this game. That's why I'm kind of staying away. I just don't know what to expect. Again, I might be dumb for not uh, eating the meat on that one, but we'll see. Well, that'll be a game where we kind of just like, you know, maybe JJ McCarthy scores like seven touchdowns. They win 66 to seven. And I look stupid for not having in my picks, but I'm willing to risk it. Colorado versus TCU. This isn't a game I thought about betting just because it's just so random. I don't know what to expect out of this Colorado team. A bunch of new players, 
say what you want about the all these new players. Dion did get a lot of talented guys. The thing I've heard is they have a lot of talented guys, but they may not have the depth, and it may take a few years of just consistent recruiting and building up that way to build the depth of this roster for them to actually be a consistent winning team. But the top end talent of this team is like really good. Then you have TCU coming off of a uh, playoff berth, a playoff victory, and losing in the national championship game. Chandler Morris, the quarterback, the guy that was supposed to start last year instead of Max Duggan, coming in. Is this TCU team just going to kind of pick up where they left off last year and they're they going to rattle off 40-something points and their defense is talented enough to kind of like stymie this Colorado team that's breaking in a whole new system with a whole bunch of new players? And could they blow them out? The spread on this game is 20 and a half, by the way, if I didn't mention that already. So I'm not really sure what to make of this game. Could Dion maybe make this game kind of interesting? I think a lot of people are just going to bet Colorado because of Dion. So that makes me want to bet TCU. But again, I'm not sure what to make of each team on either side. So that is why we are staying away from that game. All right. Um, you know what? I'm not going to take a break. I'm just going to get right into the bets here. Our first bet is going to be a parlay. We are going to be betting Ohio State minus 30 versus Indiana and Penn State minus 20 and a half versus West Virginia betting $15 to win 54-66. So let's talk about this Ohio State game first. Ohio State versus Indiana. Ohio State, we know this year, new quarterback, but they still have a lot of offensive talent. Their running backs are still awesome. Their wide receivers are the best in the country. They have an offensive line that should be able to push Indiana around. Indiana only has three returning starters on a defense that was really bad last year, or at least below average. They're going up against Ohio State. Ohio State, there's also a chance Kyle McCord was named the starter. But there's also a chance that, you know, if they're up by like four touchdowns in the third quarter, they might just be like, all right, we'll, we'll try Devin Brown out there. We'll give him some reps because I still think even though Kyle McCord's the starter, that doesn't mean he'll end the year as the starter. I think they're going to kind of maybe for some of these games that they blow out, which Ohio State has a lot of those, they might be trying to like see which guy gels the best, which one when you put them under the bright lights in the big stage, who can perform the best. So there's potential for that of them just kind of like working on things. So I think there's a potential for that where they just keep racking up touchdowns and touchdowns in this game. Also, another reason that we're betting this game, Indiana and Ohio State the last two times that they played. Ohio State combined scored 110. Indiana scored 21. So that's like an average margin of victory over the last two times that they played of 45 points. And the spread on this game's 30. We are definitely taking Ohio State in a parlay with Penn State, minus 20 and a half. I was very, this is almost a game that I didn't want to bet because I was looking at West Virginia and I was looking at Neil Brown. I was looking at this team last year. And I was just kind of thinking to myself, all right, this team didn't, even though they weren't that good, they weren't the worst team in the Big 12. They won like three Big 12 games last year. But again, we viewed teams through the scope of how our team looked against them. When Iowa State played them last year, I thought they were the worst team that Iowa State played in the Big 12. And they are the team that is picked to be last in the Big 12 this year. But they didn't really get that game last year where, where Texas beat them 49-3 to or Kansas State destroyed them 45-10. to They really didn't get blown out last year. I mean, there were some games they lost by a few touchdowns, but there wasn't that like huge, colossal blowout game. So that does kind of concern me when we were talking about the spread of this game, that tw- uh, 20 and a half too. When they have that point, and especially in football, like the touchdown, where it's like, oh, if you bet it, it's like, hey, you're betting Penn State to win by three touchdowns. Sometimes they kind of trick you with that uh, in order for you to play that money on Penn State. But then I look at this Penn State team. This is probably the most talented team that James Franklin has had since he has been at Penn State. They return a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Drew Aller is a really coveted quarterback. And their defense is one of the best in the country. Last year when West Virginia played good defenses, two best defenses that they played last year, West Virginia, they played Texas and then they played Iowa State. Those were the two best defenses that they had. They lost both of those games. They only scored 14 against Iowa State and they only scored 20 against Texas. And in both of those games, they kind of got garbage time touchdowns. So that's also a concern here is maybe West Virginia 
kind of gets a garbage time touchdown late, and maybe they can cover that way. But all of the Penn State articles that I read, because there's another concern about Penn State, is like, hey, maybe they're going to ease Drew Aller into this. Maybe they won't ask him to do too much too early, because uh, maybe if it doesn't work out, maybe it kills his confidence, then you kind of have a Christian Hackenberg situation again. But from all the Penn State articles that I read about this game, is like, no, they are going to unleash him right away. And Penn State wants to come out right away to start the season, make a statement, and win big. Penn State does kind of like beat up on these kind of other Appalachian teams. James Franklin once upon a time said that beating Pitt was the same as beating Akron. So I think there is going to be a little rubbing in the face of Penn State because Penn State is kind of relatively close to West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Our neighbors, I'm not from the east side of the country, so I don't necessarily know the geography out there. But I think Penn State and Ohio State, I was going to potentially, instead of, I was potentially going to add another or substitute another Big Ten game in here. But we'll get to that one later. So Penn State and Ohio State both to cover $15 on that game to win fifty-four sixty-six. So that's $15 on that first bet. The next bet that I have, this is a very interesting one. So Hawaii, a lot of people were telling us last week, if you were looking at week zero, everyone was saying, all right, Hawaii versus Vanderbilt. Hawaii is traveling all the way to Nashville. Last year when these teams played, Vanderbilt destroyed them. They blew them out by like, I think over 40 points. I think, they, I think Vanderbilt dropped like 50 on their head. So the spread of this game was like 17. Everyone's like, oh, oh, pick Vanderbilt, pick Vanderbilt all the way. Hawaii keeps this game close. Their quarterback completed like 70 or 80% of his passes in this game. And everyone was like, holy crap, Hawaii. Is Hawaii back? Is this Hawaii team something to, something to mess with? Is this Hawaii team somebody that can actually travel and compete against Pac-12 schools, lesser Pac-12 schools? Well, this week they play... Stanford. I guess they're not traveling for this game. This game is in Hawaii. This game opened up around double digits and it has been bet all the way down to where Hawaii, excuse me, Stanford. So Stanford was like a double digit favorite, I believe, in this game. This game has been bet all the way down to where Stanford, as I checked before this recording, is only favored by three points. Now, in a way, this makes sense, right? Hawaii showed up a little bit last week. They played very well against Vanderbilt. And it's like, hey, well, if they played that well against Vanderbilt, they should be able to cover against this Stanford team, right? And that's why everyone was betting them like minus 10 or whatever, or minus six or minus four or minus five is because like, well, they played they played Vanderbilt that close, which Vanderbilt could sneaky be a bowl team this year. They uh, they won one or two SEC games last year. I knew they beat Florida. So people are thinking like, okay, if they can compete against Vanderbilt, they should be able to compete against this Stanford team that has a new head coach and was not that good last year, right? That was worse than Vanderbilt last year, right? I'm going with Stanford in this game. I think we are overreacting to this Hawaii thing. So Hawaii, they travel all the way from Hawaii to Nashville. They have to travel all the way back. If you remember that game too from last weekend, there was like a, a weather delay, and I just think that might have... I've been a part of weather delays a few different times watching Iowa State games in person. Sometimes that just affects the flow of the game. Teams come out, you know, a little um, unrested. It kind of affects everyone's biological clock differently. And I just think that I'm going to chalk that game up as to kind of like randomness. It does scare me that Stanford does have a new coach, new system, a lot of new players that have, do not have much experience. But I think we're just overreacting to Hawaii uh, playing Vanderbilt close in this kind of weird game. Again, I mentioned the travel. They have to travel all the way back to Hawaii and then play this game. And I also I couldn't find the article uh, before this recording, but there was an article that I read earlier this week where teams coming off of a week zero and can they cover the next week and what i found in that article was like teams that play in week zero usually don't cover the next week i think it was something like 60 percent of the time against the spread that they that they don't cover or teams that are playing it's teams that are playing a team that played in week zero they cover the spread 60 percent of the time so that's why we are going with Stanford here. Minus three. I'm betting $10 on this game. 
give give me the Cardinal with the points. Let's go Stanford. All right, I'm going to take my break now, and then we will come back with the rest of the $100 picks. All right, we are back from our little water break, and I'm going to give you three more picks, or I guess six more picks for our $100 pick series. And our next pick, we are going to be traveling out east, and we are going to be talking about this neutral site game of Louisville versus Georgia Tech. It's in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, so I think that's technically a neutral site game. I I don't think Georgia Tech plays their games in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's where the Falcons play. But it is in Atlanta, so it's really close by. So I don't know if you call this a home game for Georgia Tech or not. But we are going to be siding with the Louisville Cardinals in this game. Louisville is favored by 7.5. This does break a little bit of a rule, especially week one, that I'm trying to keep. I want to bet against first-year head coaches, and I want to uh, not bet on first-year head coaches, if that makes sense. Louisville, though, that's Jeff Brom takes over Louisville. He was at Purdue the last few years. At Purdue, he did a pretty good job, even though when we had Casey Bartley on in February, he wasn't maybe the highest on Jeff Brown leaving. Now, that might have just been because he left, and then he's bought into the new guy. But I'm in on Jeff Brown. It is his dream job at Louisville. He was a very good head coach at Purdue. They did play in the Big Ten Championship game last year. Purdue is a team that doesn't have a lot of, you know, expectations he won a lot of games there at least by Purdue standards taking over this Louisville team yes they did bring in a lot of players but I still think this team is a lot more talented than Georgia Tech I was reading some previews before I came on here looking for like all right is there some sort of stats that I can point out here of why Louisville can win and a lot of the predictions that I was seeing was like hey take Georgia Tech here take Georgia Tech here Georgia Tech as Kenton Gibbs told us in a podcast about a month ago Ridley came on at the end of last year. They fired Jeff Collins after a one and three start. They finished the year going four and four. A lot of momentum building with that program. But I think there's a difference here where people are saying this about Louisville. It's like, oh, well, don't bet on Louisville. They're incorporating a whole new system, a lot of new players. And then I was just like, all right, well, okay, so is Georgia Tech returning a lot of people? Or are they bringing back a lot of their like key players, and they don't really have a lot of returning experience from last year's team. So we're talking about a Georgia Tech team last year that, again, they finished 4-4, four and four, but still isn't returning a lot of that team. And I think there's a difference for Brent Key, who took over as the interim head coach. There's a difference between taking over as an interim and going on a little bit of a run versus a whole offseason of cultivating a culture they did lose their quarterback that last year who everyone if you look and we're going to talk about this game later the nebraska minnesota game a lot of people are liking nebraska in that game because of jeff sims he is no longer the quarterback at george tech they do have um uh is it haynes king i believe is the quarterback from texas a&m who talented guy but not that accurate so i'm not sure about this georgia tech team either so that is why we are going with louisville we'll take louisville in the points and we are betting $15 on that. So I have used, let's see, 15, 10. We've used uh, we've used $40 so far. So we have 60 more dollars of bets to make. And we are going to throw six of that into another parlay. We're going to call this the underdog parlay of the week. And our underdog parlay is going to be Fresno State plus four versus Purdue and South Carolina plus two and a half versus UNC. Let's talk about this Fresno game. Now, this is going to really doing these picks back to back makes me really seem like a big Jeff Brom guy, which I don't know if I am. But I just like these spreads for these games. Now, this might come back to bite me in the butt when I am looking at my uh, gambling card Saturday night going, oh, my God, why did I bet on, on Jeff Brom? But Purdue has a new coach trying to install a new system. First time head coach in Walter. Going up against this Fresno State team who won nine games to finish the year last year. They are losing some talent from that team. But they have Jeff Tedford, who's their head coach, who coached at Cal for like 10 years. Then he coached at Fresno State for a few years. Uh, left, Kalen DeBoer takes over. He goes on a little bit of a run there. Kalen DeBoer leaves for Washington. Jeff Tedford takes over again. 
So this isn't your typical second year head coach at one school. Jeff Tedford's been involved with this program for a while. This is a very good Fresno State team. I think we underrate how good Aiden O'Connell was last year for Purdue and Charlie Jones and how good that combo was for them, where they almost beat Penn State week one, and they did win eight games last year. Another interesting stat that I had for Purdue last year. In games where they were favored, they were two and six against the spread. Against the spread when they are favored. They are favored in this game by four points. They have a new head coach. They have a new quarterback that they're incorporating. Again, the quarterback, Hudson Card from Texas. I still like Fresno State here. Don't know if I like them to win, but can they make this game close? Can they get within a field goal? Can they get within four points? I think so. We are going Fresno State plus four. The other underdog parlay, South Carolina against North Carolina. We're with South Carolina. We're with the Gamecocks. I like to think that this spread is in favor of North Carolina solely because of Drake May. And there's a very good chance that North Carolina could solely win this game because of Drake May and how spectacular of a player he is. I actually think right now that I would pick him over Caleb Williams to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. But what do I know? And there's a chance that Drake May might be able to win this game all by himself. But I look at this South Carolina team, and I look at this North Carolina team, and I'm looking at them, and I'm saying, I think South Carolina's better. I think people are still scared to bet on Spencer Rattler because he's just unlikable, to say the least. But I had Andrew Lyon on, who was the Locked On Gamecocks guy, in February. He was all in on Spencer Rattler. He said, hey, they finally got things clicking towards the end of the year. Spencer Rattler isn't a kid anymore. He's been a multi-year college starter. He's going up against this North Carolina defense that is terrible. If you've been focusing on North Carolina the last few years since Mac Brown got back, they have not figured out this defense. This defense is going to be bad again. They're going to be able to run on them. They are going to be able to beat them up on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Now, the offense, I don't know how well South Carolina is going to be at stopping North Carolina, but I don't think North Carolina can stop South Carolina. And if Spencer Rattler is on, if he's really figured things out, South Carolina should win this game. But we're going to take the two and a half points here. And I also think another interesting stat that I found too, four out of the last meetings between South Carolina and North Carolina, South Carolina has won. So we're going with the Gamecocks. Combine that with the plus four with Fresno State. Combine it in a parlay. We were just throwing $6 on this game to win 2236. So what am I at? Like $46 now. I added this all up beforehand, so I know I actually hit 100 exactly. So don't, don't worry about my math. Don't keep tracking the math for me. I got it. The next game, maybe a game that I'm not going to watch, but this is a game that I found really interesting when I was looking through bets. Again, this might be a game that I scratch my head and go, why did I put money on this game when it doesn't end up working? But we are going with California. Traveling to North Texas, they are six and a half point favorites. We are siding with Cal here. So Justin Wilcox, seventh year at Cal. Last two years, maybe a little bit underwhelming. He might be kind of on the hot seat this year. But if you ask people out, out West, they say Wilcox is a dang good head coach. He did make two consecutive bowl appearances at some point in his tenure at Cal. And I don't know, I'm just in on this team this year a little bit. They do have a lot of returning players back this year. Another reason we like this game, and kind of a trend that I have when I'm picking a lot of these games, now I don't do this for every pick, but a lot of times when you gamble and you do this a lot, it's like, oh, Vegas always wins. The house always wins. That's just kind of how this works. For some reason, there's a lot of money coming in on North Texas, and I'm not completely sure why. So North Texas has a first-year head coach this year. They fired their previous head coach. Even though North Texas has made the postseason six times over the previous seven years, they are 0-6 in all of those bowl games, 0-6. So that means they can get to a bowl game, but when they're playing a team that they should be kind of evenly matched up with, they aren't winning a lot of those games. They have a first-year head coach. 
it's a G5 school going up against a Power 5 school that has a head coach that has been there for seven years. That is part of the reason I like Cal here. A few other stats that we have here. The Bears are 3-2 and two in non-conference road games under Justin Wilcox. They beat North Carolina, BYU, and Ole Miss from 2017-2019. And then they lost to TCU and Notre Dame over the last two seasons on the road. I think those are justifiable losses. North Texas, 2-8 and eight all-time versus current members of the Pac-12. Their wins are against Oregon State and Arizona State. I like Cal in this game. We're throwing $10 on that bet. Cal minus 6.5, lock it in. This is a game that I really don't want to bet because this next game, because I kind of just want to enjoy it and I really don't know how to read it. But I figured, hey, this is going to be uh, this is going to be what we're going to call the pick this week. This is going to be the fade the public bet of the week. And it is the biggest game. It's going to be one of the biggest games all college football season. And it's definitely the biggest game this week. Florida State versus LSU, the rematch of week one last year where Florida state wins on the blocked extra point Florida state LSU both have a lot of momentum coming to this year, Florida state, maybe not expected to be that good last year. They end up exceeding expectation ends up having an awesome year under Mike Norvell LSU first year under Brian Kelly. They shock Nick Saban in Alabama winning on a two point conversion. They win 10 games. They destroy Purdue in their bowl game. A lot of momentum this year. They're kind of a dark horse in the SEC. A lot of people are predicting them to beat Alabama again in Tuscaloosa and to make the SEC championship game and make the playoff and maybe even win it all. A lot of people are saying that about LSU. Here is why we were picking Florida State, though. Because, one, because this is the fade the public bet, so most of the money that is coming in right now is on LSU. I think it's like over 70% of the money and bets right now are on LSU. I find that interesting because usually when that happens, Vegas is like, all right, all right, all this money's coming in on LSU. Let's bump it. Let's bump it to like three plus three and a half. So maybe some people look at that spread and they're like, throw some money on Florida state. And then if, if Vegas knows something that we don't, and they know that LSU is going to win by two touchdowns, then they get to pocket in all that extra Florida state money. No, this spread has stayed at two and a half, even though all this money is coming in on LSU. You know what that tells me? That Florida State has a chance here. Florida State is a really talented team. They did really well in the transfer portal. Mike Morvell has been doing a good job of getting talent in and developing it. A lot of people really like Jordan Travis. I'm not sure how I feel about Jordan Travis, but very good last year. Looking to build on that this year. Another thing, this is also an anti-Brian Kelly bet. I feel like people feel bad for Brian Kelly after last year because everyone was making fun of him when he got hired by LSU. He has this fake Southern accent that he has. Now, I I get the point. I lived in the South for a summer, and kind of when you live in the South for a while, you just kind of start mimicking the people and how they talk around you, and I kind of did that for when I lived in Oklahoma for a summer. So I think that's what Brian Kelly did there. And then we were kind of making fun of him. Oh my God, this guy thinks he's from the South now and he's been in Louisiana for two weeks. And then LSU kind of exceeds expectations last year, wins 10 games. They beat Alabama. They did get destroyed by Georgia in the SEC championship game. They did lose to Texas A&M down the stretch, which did kind of kill their potential of making a playoff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And another thing about Brian Kelly, and I want somebody to do this. And I'm surprised no one nationally has ever said this about an anti-Brian Kelly um, stance. What's the biggest bowl game that Brian Kelly won at Notre Dame? What's the biggest bowl game he won? He played in a lot of big ones. He made the playoff. He played in the national championship against Alabama. I don't blame him for getting blown out in those games because that's just kind of the nature of the sport is that teams make the national championship. And then a lot of times, more often than not, the national championship ends up champion ends up beating the runner up by like 40 something points even if both teams are very very good and very very talented that's just kind of the sport but what is the biggest bowl that brian kelly has won at did win at notre dame i was looking at it a few weeks ago i can't remember the exact bowl. it might be the citrus bowl 
He didn't win a New Year's Six Bowl at Notre Dame. Didn't win a Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, um, Peach Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Didn't win any of those. Now, part of that's because the playoffs started, you know, pretty early on in his tenure at Notre Dame. And then you make the playoff in one of these big bowl games, and then you end up getting blown out by Alabama or Clemson or whoever. But still, in some of those, I, I, I was really looking at this list for a while at the Notre Dame bowl wins against uh, when Brian Kelly was there. And I was like, was really? I think it was one year they beat LSU. I think they either beat LSU once or twice in like the Citrus Bowl or something. I'm sorry if that's not the right bowl. But again, we celebrate Brian Kelly. We look at his win record at Cincinnati and Notre Dame, and we're like, Brian Kelly wins a lot of games. The whole point I bring up the bowl thing is Brian Kelly in these big games, more often than not, he loses. Even if his team is favored, even if his team is supposed to like play closer than they do, even if they are the underdog, like was the biggest win in his career, was it really last year against Alabama? That might honestly be the biggest win in Brian Kelly's entire career as a head coach. So this is a little bit of an anti-Brian Kelly bet. Again, that's why I'm only throwing $8 on this game. I'm not putting it on the money line for Florida State. We're doing them to cover two and a half. Um, and again, we are fading the public. But I, I, this is one that I've... That's why I didn't only, only putting $8 on this game. Excuse me. Because I don't want to like put 15 on it and then LSU wins by three touchdowns. And I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Of course, LSU won. They're in the SEC and they have this talented team. And then LSU goes on this run and they end up like playing in the playoff this year. So that's why we're only doing eight. I believe in Mike Norvell. I believe in Florida State. I believe in Jordan Travis. Let's go Seminoles. Okay, we have, oh, I have three more bets. I'm going to take a little bit of a break here, another water break, and then I'll be back with my last three bets that will end up equaling $100 at the end. I will be back in about 10 seconds. We are back again with our last three bets in the $100 bet series that we are trying out for week one of the 2023 college football season. And let's do this bet. Let's go to the Big 12. I believe this is my first Big 12 bet. Now, a lot of Big 12 teams aren't necessarily playing uh, power five schools so a lot of those bets and i really don't want to bet like uh baylor minus 35 or something didn't think that was interesting so let's go with a team that i'm pretty high on this season uh a team that is from a guy who hosts a podcast that is a recurring guest on the show let's go with texas tech minus 14 versus wyoming part of the reason i am going with this bet is I kind of had it written down. I had this whole whiteboard where I was writing down different bets, different spreads I like, different teams that I like. And then I was listening to Pardon My Take yesterday, and the college football guy that they had on said, hey, this Texas Tech covering 14 over Wyoming, this might be one of the best bets of the year. And we're piggybacking off that a little bit. I wanted to give credit to that. I can't remember the gentleman's name that was on that podcast. But we really like this Texas Tech team this year. Joey McGuire, since he has taken over, Texas Tech has gotten a lot of talent out of the transfer portal. They've also gotten a lot of talent in just high school recruiting. Last year, this team had a lot of momentum. They played in a lot of close games. The offense really came together down the stretch. I said before the season multiple times on this podcast that I really like Texas Tech next week against Oregon in their season opener because I believe this game is at Wyoming, which is a little bit of a scary situation there. but. I don't know. I just like really like Texas Tech here. We are putting $13 on Texas Tech to cover minus 14 against Wyoming. I guess to that fear with this pick with Texas, excuse me, Texas Tech would be that they are going to be a little cautious. They don't want to put too much stuff on tape with their game against Oregon next week, but we're going to risk it. We're going to say that Texas Tech and that defense is really going to put the clamps on Wyoming and that this offense will be able to put up enough points to cover 14. Maybe it's a game where it's like 38-21. Maybe it's a game where it's 35-17, but we're still going with Texas Tech. Okay, let's go back out to the East Coast. A few ACC bets, high on some ACC teams. Clemson at Duke. These conference games to open up the season, I would hate it if I was one of these teams in these conference games to start a season where you have to play somebody when you really don't know your team yet. And we're going with Clemson over Duke. 
Clemson's favored by 13 points. This is a game where we are predicting, we are predicting that the system and the analytics that have Clemson and Duke as teams heading into this season, uh, heading into this season, we are factoring in that the way that these two, at least specifically Clemson, has changed this past off season, that they have not necessarily factored that in enough. And this is kind of a cautious bet. Now, this could be a sucker bet too. Because th- this is why I was a little scared to make this bet. I looked at Duke last year, and yes, they did win nine games. I've talked about that on this podcast. We're happy for the Blue Devils that they have a football team. They might be a football school now. I don't know. Coach K isn't the coach anymore at Duke. They did get kind of upset early in the tournament last year. Is Duke a football school? Coming up next. But. Another reason that I'm a little concerned, Duke really didn't get blown out last year. I think all of the games they lost were one-score games or very close games. But I also looked at that Duke schedule last year. Pretty easy schedule. Pretty easy schedule for Duke. It's not like they were playing the powers of the ACC. It's not like they were playing this like very, very treacherous schedule. They did lose to Kansas early. I, I mean, Kansas, again, we love Kansas. We bet on Kansas. We're pro Kansas on this podcast, at least Kansas football, Kansas basketball can suck it. But I, I don't know. Part of me thinks that like maybe Duke overexceeded expectations. Clemson this year, new offensive coordinator in Garrett Riley, the hot Riley brother, wants to really show off. Cade Klubnick. Clemson is more than two touchdowns more talented than Duke. They're more talented at every single position. I was also listening to someone say this about the Clemson offense previous years under Dabo. It's like the defenses in the ACC, they kind of know what Clemson runs, but they're just too talented for them to stop them. And last year, the last two years with DJU, that kind of caught up to them where they didn't have Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson to kind of bail them out. I think Garrett Riley is going to bring some new innovation to this offense. He's going to help get playmakers in positions to make plays. He's going to bring the best out of Cade Klubnik. And I think this is a bet here where they are saying, hey, still not sure about this Clemson offense. The systems are saying, the algorithms are saying, we're not still sure about this Clemson offense. And hey, this Duke team under Mike Elko probably won't be able to beat Clemson, but they might be able to make it close. I'm not saying that Clemson's going to beat them 49-3, to but I think they can beat them by two touchdowns. We are putting $13 on Clemson to cover 13 points against Duke. What does that put me at here for my last bet? Okay, I think I just have $10 left for my $100 bets. Now, this is another one that I almost thought about taking off the board because I am not sure about it at all. And this game, well, I am kind of sure about it. That's why I have it in the bets. But it's one of those games, too, where I was looking at it, and I'm looking, all right, why should I bet this way? And you're looking up game predictions and everyone's going the opposite way that you are. And when you see a lot of those, a lot of times you want to back out of your bet. But I think I'm right on this one. Nebraska traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota currently is, it's kind of been floating around between seven and seven and a half. I checked before this, it was seven and a half. I'm going with Minnesota. I do like Nebraska. I do like the Matt Rule hire. I infamously said when Matt Rule first got hired, I'm going to zag while everyone else is zigs, and I'm going to say Matt Rule is a bad hire. And then I just kept reading about all the things that Matt Rule was doing to change the culture at Nebraska and how he's changing how they recruit and how he's running that program. And I'm like, oh, that's smart. That's a really good decision. That's really brilliant. And I've changed my position. I think Matt Rule is going to be successful at Nebraska. But I also think that it might take a little bit of time for it to get going this season. If this game was like week six or seven or even week four, I might be liking Nebraska a little bit more here. But P.J. Fleck at Minnesota is entering his seventh season. Yes, they are losing a lot of talent on that really good defense, but I still think they can reload. That's another thing, too, when you're going through these previews, when you're going through all of these prediction things. People want to twist their narrative where they're saying, well, well, Minnesota's got a lot of unproven guys on this team. I don't know. I don't know. 
you know, losing, losing their best rusher from last year, losing some NFL talent on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. And it's like, well, I'm more certain about the Minnesota defense losing talent than I am about this Nebraska defense. Well, you know, Minnesota lost Tanner Morgan, uh, Ibrahim, the best rusher in for Minnesota. I, I don't know about this Nebraska or this, excuse me, this Minnesota offense. I'm not sure about this Nebraska offense. They have Jeff Sims. They're have a new head coach. They're integrating this whole new system and they're playing this Minnesota defense that might actually, are they going to be as good as last year? Probably not, but they still might be pretty darn good. And a lot of people think Nebraska is just going to cover because Matt rule has kind of, you know, done things to start changing the culture. And yes, they do have talent. They did have this really big distraction this week where this former five-star tight end broke into a liquor store. It's all on tape. You can look at the tape online and um, stole like $7,000 worth of alcohol. He's obviously kicked off the team now. He's in jail, I believe. So that's kind of like a distraction this week. They're going to Minnesota, by the way. This game is getting kicked off at 7 o'clock tonight. Maybe bet the under if you want to bet this game, but I don't know. I just Part of me thinks that this Minnesota team is going to be able to cover. I'm not saying they're going to win by four touchdowns, but can they win by eight? Can they win by 10? I think they can do that. I, I'd be really impressed if Nebraska can make this a one-score game. I'd be really impressed if Nebraska can only lose by one score. But again, I think Minnesota is going to be a quality team. P.J. Fleck has been there a while, man. This team, this is a good program. Is it one of the best programs in the Big Ten? No, but it's a mid-tier program in the Big Ten. P.J. Fleck has done at Minnesota what not a lot of people can. We are rolling with P.J. Fleck here at home to cover seven and a half. $10 on this game. Let's go. That is our $100 pick series. I have $10 on Minnesota to cover seven and a half. Um, $10 on Stanford to cover minus three. $15 on Louisville to cover seven and a half. $15 on a Big Ten parlay with Penn State and Ohio State, both to cover their games. A $6 parlay for South Carolina to cover and Fresno State to cover. $10 on Cal to cover six and a half. $8 on Florida State to cover two and a half. Um, plus two and a half, thirteen dollars on Texas Tech to win by fourteen or more, thirteen dollars on Clemson to cover. I actually have this written on my whiteboard here. Originally, the line on that Clemson game was twelve, so that game that spread has been pushed up to thirteen now. But we're still liking Clemson to cover thirteen versus Duke, so that line is moving in Clemson's direction. So that makes me actually feel a lot better about that pick. I probably should have put some of these games. I guess I'll wrap up here. I just want to mention a few more games that I thought about betting but didn't bet. At least two of these three that I did. Uh, at first, when I first saw the line come out with Tennessee in Virginia, I was like, oh, Tennessee might win this game by like 50. Because I don't think Virginia is that good, and I think Tennessee is really good this year. I'm really high on Tennessee. If you want to learn more about Tennessee, listen to my podcast I did with Eric Kane in July talking about Tennessee. He almost made me want to go and put my entire bank account on them to win the SEC East. Um, that spreads like 28. So four touchdowns. Again, I'm a little nervous week one to just blindly like bet like four touchdown wins. Um, I'm doing that at Ohio State and Penn State, I think, are the biggest margins here, but I'm pretty confident those teams are pretty darn good, and I'm pretty confident they're playing teams that aren't that good. I'm a little nervous about that with Tennessee. What if Virginia's really improved? What if Joe Milton only completes 45% of his passes? That's kind of why we're staying away from that game. Uh, just a shout out to this game. This game could be sneaky good or it could be sneaky boring. Washington versus Boise State. The spread on that game is about two touchdowns. Kind of that same spread that um, Texas Tech-Wyoming was. I'm not sure where this game's being played. I think it's being played at Washington. It's the Chris Peterson Bowl. Boise State did win 10 games last year. So did Washington. I would probably would have bet Washington this game, but Boise State did kind of scare me. So I really didn't think about betting that game. I didn't think about it too seriously. So, But I just wanted to shout out that game. If, if, if that game's on I'm, and some of the other ones in that same time slot are boring, I might be turning that one on. I was very, very close to betting this last game. UTSA versus Houston. You might be saying, all right, James. You're a Big 12 guy. Houston, not expected to do a whole lot this year. Might be the last year of Dana Holgerson. People have come on this podcast and said this is Dana Holgerson's last year at Houston. It's over. The Houston experiment has been terrible. They've been ravaged by the transfer portal. 
They did win 10 games last year, but they lost talent to the NFL and to the transfer portal. Not a lot of certainty on this Houston team, but this line opened up. Houston was favored by like a point and a half. This game did go to overtime last year, by the way. These teams played the season opener last year, I believe, and Houston won by like a field goal in overtime. It opened up with Houston being favored by a point and a half. Then it's been bet to where UTSA is now favored by a point and a half. I would bet Houston if you want to bet this game. I think this is a game where we are kind of just saying it's just a negative Houston bet. But gosh darn it, man. Dana Holgerson's still a good football coach. I think we forget that sometimes when we do this stuff. And if he's building this roster, like he he knows like the pressure's on. He knows the expectations of this program. He knows that he lost a lot of talent. I don't think he's a dummy. And they did beat this team last year. Again, a different team this year. But I would go with Houston because I still think, even though they lost a lot of talent, I still think they have more talent than UTSA. Another stat that I found here, these are the stats that I love, and these are stats I read, and I'm like, okay, I'd definitely bet that way. UTSA, since they have been a D1 school, or a uh, FBS school, I should say, since they have came into the FBS, they are only 2-15 versus Power 5 schools. Only 2-15. Now, I'm not sure if that stat... Um, would like include like the Houston loss last year. I'm not sure if that includes that. Now you could say that like, Hey, Houston was a G five school until this season. So they are still a G five school. So that stat actually doesn't apply here, but I don't know something about that. I would bet Houston. I didn't like it enough to put it on the hundred dollar picks, but there you have it. There's a few honorable mentions there to end it. I probably should have mentioned those at the top, but we wanted to get to the hundred dollar picks We'll see how this goes. If this goes terribly, this might be the last week I ever do this. If I lose like seven of these, I do eight or nine bets. Seven of these bets, well, we, we, we might not go, go and do this again. Um, so that's going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you again for listening. Please go rate, review, subscribe. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter is, uh, what's my Twitter? JD Major, I believe it is, or JD Major 2. It's JD Major 2. My Instagram is JWS Detective. Uh, you know, follow them for updates on the show. I might go back to having guests next week if I have enough time. And uh, as always, guys, I will talk to you next time. Let's go $100 bets.